0: So we don't really have a um, an introduction here, except just to kind of have a a topic context sort of introduction to say what is this that we're doing today? Why does it matter, and 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 why would people want to listen to it? Why should people listen to it?
1: Well, it's the way I look at it is that uh, you know the creeds. And the confessions are kind of a, a shorthand. And you know, I, I was looking at something yesterday, and uh, the author of that website said "creeds means believe and rely upon." And you know, we've been talking about driving a stake in the, in the ground in terms of our uh, our salvation, and, and we're resting on the promises of God, and. Uh, and yet, not everybody comes to uh, to faith, and, and they might pray the prayer, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're a Christian. Uh, nor does people raised in it uh, and rely on God necessarily have a point in time that they can point to. And the creeds kind of kind of fill a gap to say, "Okay, I don't know about your churches, but." You know, some of the churches I've been in, you know, they do this ritual. Christian, what do you believe? And then the congregation recites the Apostles' Creed, which is, it's good. Um, but yet I wonder sometimes if people, they're so familiar with it, they forgot what it means. And the creeds become... Not only a statement what I believe, but they they can become a teaching tool also. As we begin to define each word in the creed, I mean, what is it? It's probably a hundred words or so. I've never actually counted them. Um, you know, it's a pretty it, it's a short statement, and uh, you know, merely praying a prayer as a rabbit's foot sort of experience doesn't necessarily save one does not necessarily secure our eternal position in Christ. So the creeds become, um, I don't know about you, but I can remember doing that in my first communion and my confirmation class where we went through, um, and my memory is a little fuzzy. It's only 65 years ago. Um, the Apostles Creed, and I think we went through the Nicene Creed. And those are high points of Christian, and I hate to use the word in one sense, doctrine, because so many people are afraid of doctrine. And, you know, the five cent word is just teaching. What, what are, what do we say that we profess to believe? And these are the high points. And I've often talked about, uh, As a Christian, we need to have a skeleton of our belief. Uh, You you know, is it enough merely to believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, but you need to know something about who Jesus is, and, oh, and Jesus is part of the Godhead, and what did Jesus do on the cross, those sorts of things. So the Apostles' Creed is the earliest statement that we know of, and, and there's some debate exactly how old it is. Um probably in the 200 AD range is everything that I can research out of it. It's probably dubious that the apostles actually wrote it, but uh it's been called that because it's kind of the faith of the apostles. And these are the high points. And so as we begin to look at those things, um, well, let me, let me give you the three point outline and then the extra five or six points. Uh, there's three times that it says, I believe. The first one is I believe in God the Father. The second one is I believe in Jesus Christ. And the third one is I believe in the Holy Spirit. So we have a very Trinitarian statement. And then after the Holy Spirit, it lists some other things about the The church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. So that last phrase, I guess you could say, is kind of a catch-all. And if if a Christian understood each of the major three points and understood where those three kind of hung on the preceding, uh they would have a pretty good theological background
0: so is benefit then to the believer is that there's something orderly something structured something accepted over time to give them a way to begin processing the fundamentals of the faith is that is uh-huh. that a fair way to say it
1: that's a that's a good way to say it because a lot of christians i mean take take the person that becomes a christian as a child you know, I believe in Jesus, they pray the prayer, uh, maybe their life changes some, but because they have so little structure, they don't really have a full support for for life. They, they have a, from the outside, at some point, you don't even know if they're really a believer or not as they mature. But as they begin to understand things, they begin to say, oh, if I really believe this, what kind of decisions should I make about who I date? Uh, where do I go to school? How diligent should I be in, in, um, my workplace? Uh, those are practical side, but on the other side, it's, well, how secure do I feel in my relationship with God? You know, are they just hope so? Gee, I hope I'm doing all right. Or no, I, I see now that that faith in Jesus is more than just praying a prayer. Yeah, that's, that's the start, but it's more than that, that it's a, uh, to use the popular phrase, it's a worldview. There's a word in German, I can't even pronounce the thing, or something like that. It talks about the, the view of the world and how the universe works and the, especially the first four or five creeds before 1000 AD gives us those worldviews of God is the head of the universe. He's in control. Uh We have a relationship to him that he wants because he initiated it. And our worldview becomes different than, say, the person who
0: doesn't have that. So, in a sense... Would it be fair to say that it's it's a bit like knowing your family genealogy, right? How did we get here and if you've ever known anybody who was adopted they they really struggle with who am I over that question because they they really don't know how they got there in some cases in some cases they do know, but it's still the sense of you know I'm not really part of anything bigger than me so these creeds that's a that's a good ad analogy, Frank, I like that. So these creeds give me a way to understand the family that I'm joining, but it it, it isn't a, uh, a, a um, how do I put it? In some ways it gets its value to me as a believer. I'm, and I'm asking here, not telling, because it's so old. Is that it's been around so long mm-hmm. that any problems with it would have been identified long before I was born and yet people who know better are still using it, still relying on it. So in that... And and that's... Please.
1: Now, it's it's one of the applications that I've been thinking about is, okay, uh, well, you and I both moved across country at different times in our life. And when we go look for a new church, uh, it's not only what do I believe, but hey, church... Pastor Joe, what do you, what do you believe? What does your congregation ascribe to? And it gives us a way to tell whether these people are just a holy huddle or they're really followers of Christ.
0: So you would put together a a, a notes page for this. I'm I'm going to guess that we can put that up on the podcast page. Whoever wants it. But mm-hmm. the first question was, is why creeds, and it feels like what you're saying is to answer that as you're saying uh here's a time tested uh elder tested if you will um approach right. to the fundamentals and because it's right. been so long tested and because it's been so publicly tested this is trustworthy in other words it, this is i was told once that the the principal attraction of mcdonald's you know the the fast food people was that yeah the hamburger that you bought in Jacksonville, Florida was the same hamburger (laughs) that you'd get in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You know, so if you went and got the Happy Meal in Jacksonville, you'd get the same Happy Meal in Sioux Falls. In other words, they had figured out how to deliver the same experience across all this geography and all this time. I'm not trying to compare McDonald's to to the Creeds, but there is a sense where every generation has to engage with these creeds to determine whether or not they really are still, still trustworthy. And are we all having largely the same experience through them? Is that? Yeah, I
1: think so. Because, you know, the early church fathers in this case and those bishops that, that use this as a method of teaching. And, and, you know, I mean, I used it. This was what in the 1950s, basically the same creed. It, it, it applies to anybody from, you know, extreme. Uh, I hate to put them on the edges, but let's say from anybody in the charismatic Pentecostal tradition, all the way through Greek Orthodox and Catholic and Coptic and all that. All of them will ascribe to the Apostles' Creed and the early creeds if they are true Christians. And this has been tested. And, you know, one of the problems that we have as lay people sometimes is the Bible is so big. How do we get a handle on what it really teaches? Mm. You know, and you get somebody with the gift of gab in a pulpit and he twists something and if you have no standard to measure it against, you can be, well, well, that sounds interesting. Maybe he's right, you know. And unless we do some of our own homework, um, we don't know. You know, you and I, Frank, I, when was it? Someplace in the Windies at Bush River Road we met, was it early... I don't know, 2004 or whatever it was. And you said something to me and I've modified it. You said we were talking about families and you said every man is a priest in his own house. Do you remember that? Something vaguely
0: like it. Yeah, I know the sentiment. It's, it's, and I still agree with it.
1: Well, there's a corollary to that. Every man is a theologian is where I've taken it. The question is, are you a good theologian or a bad theologian? And if you have no Creed To start with, you're trying to digest the entire Bible on your own without a teacher. And these creeds can be teachers, the wisdom of the ages, and senior saints that have come before us.
0: So somebody shows up and they say, I really want to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm what you're saying is is that if they start with the creeds they at least have a place of known beginning a, a thing that they know where they are okay. right this is the problem of all of all land navigating you know if you're going to go from your house to you know somewhere else if you don't know where you're starting it's very very difficult to to get onto a onto a route that's going to take you where you want to go no
1: yeah well, you know, it's funny that you should bring that up because one of the illustrations I was thinking of when I was sitting there this morning was uh, the role of maps in our lives. You know, you and I, you know, we could talk about, oh, well, Columbia, South Carolina, go up to this street, Clemson Road, turn here at Killian, and, and you have instantly a mental picture. But if you were trying to tell me how to navigate my way around Boston, I'd be totally lost without a map. Now, part of the process of learning, you know, if I came up there and and we went to your favorite coffee shop and we started walking around your suburb and where you're at, now that map would become a reality to me. And the creeds kind of become our map. And as we mature in our Christian life and as we read the scripture and so on, we begin to fill out the meaning of those words and phrases and now we become not just a, yeah, I know Boston's there. Yeah, I know when Newport Ritchie's there, but I have a personal experience with it, and I'm more secure navigating by myself if need be.
0: These are These are known points. So there's a, okay, so guy comes to Jesus, and I think this happens in jails all the time, all the time. Uh, homeless shelters, recovery places. A guy will start out, he wants the pain to stop, he's found something that makes sense, and what does he do? He does like everybody else does, he starts reading the Bible at Genesis because it's like a novel. Mm. I don't know if you did that, but I absolutely did, and I was crushed by I it. Did. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, yeah. I was just crushed by it. The 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 best thing, well, of, of all the great things that the, that the Lord did for me when he called me, made sure that I had somebody who could lay a foundation, and that was my first pastor, Jerry. And he was really good about about what? About laying this foundation. Now, I don't recall going into the creeds, but the man handed me the Heidelberg Catechism, which is built around, I believe, it's built around the Apostles' Creed, is it not?
1: Sure, sure. I think it
0: is. It's and a whole same goes area. for
1: Luther's. Yeah, same goes for Luther's Catechism.
0: So, he started showing me the the basically the you know not the wisdom of the age. Well, yeah, I guess you could call it the wisdom of the ages. It's it's mm-hmm. there's there's just no need to reinvent or try to reinvent something that's already been done better than I'm ever going to do it. You know, it's it's like uh, it it's like I'm I'm not going to match whatever. Whatever Augustine did, or these people who wrote these creeds, I'm not going to match that intellectually or spiritually. So at the very least, I can accept what they did because prior generations have tested them and found them worthy, found them good. Mm-hmm. No,
1: so let's take it one step further, though. Go ahead, finish yours, and I'll tell you what I'm thinking.
0: Okay, so if you're if you're telling me why creeds, if you're saying you're saying to me, let's let's look at the apostles' creed. I'm totally in agreement. But the, my, the question that I asked to kind of get us oriented to this topic was, why? why? Why would you even take the time to study a 2,000-year-old thing that people created or are dead now? And all I keep hearing from you is that there is a, a, uh, a benefit in building on their, uh, what would you call it, their wisdom, that's been. I don't. I don't think that this creed has been edited in years, has it? Well, different
1: people. Like for instance, uh, in some of the creeds, instead of saying uh, "I believe in God the Father Almighty Creator of heaven and earth," and in, but really and in. Now, the one I happen to have on my screen says it repeats the phrase "I believe in." So there's some editorial things.
0: Uh, yeah but not substantive changes they aren't they aren't but, changing but
1: no substantive changes yeah so you know so there's only hearing- two phases that are even in somewhat debate in this thing
0: so this this thing is sitting there and what i'm hearing from you is is that there's a safety that's what i'm hearing from you is safety there's a safety in mm-hmm. in what in relying on something that has guided people for 25 generations as yeah. long as they believe all of that. Mm-hmm. So is the, is that how you see it though? Is that the principal benefit is safety? Cause that's what I'm hearing. And I, it, it really resonates with me. I think that is what it is.
1: Well, it's safety. And, you know, James talks about being thrown about by winds of doctrine and, you know, that they're, especially in our age, um, uh, you know, there's it, it, people sometimes, the, the false teachers, and, and I hate to call them that in one sense, but they get off on a shtick, and, you know, it's kind of like the people who is God is love, and that's all he is, and they forget the holiness. They forget the fact that there's sin that has to be reconciled before we can know him. Uh, we forget, you know, if, if they only preach the love, they they cut out the justice the holiness, and the compassion of God, you know, uh, that there's a tension there that all have to be reconciled, um, you know, together. And that safety prevents
0: us from being blown by those winds of doctrine. Because the um, natural tendency is is to lean one way or the other. I would think based largely on my own uh what would you call them predispositions my own tendencies habits mm-hmm. so if if mm-hmm. if as a practical thing i want to see mercy in god i'm going to go with the love angle stronger than i am with the justice angle conversely you know somebody who's who's had a pretty rough go of it and they really want peace and justice everywhere they want they want everybody to be heard maybe they go a little harder with the rules a little harder with with the justice side but right. it's bigger than that right? Well,
1: look yeah, it's bigger than that. And, and we're dealing with a personality and with a personality, uh, you can't, you know, God is the personality of the universe. And, you know, I could say, well, there's Frank, you know, he's the, uh, the appraiser par excellence. Well, if that's all I know about Frank, I don't know much.
0: If you, know? you read one of my reports, you uh, probably wouldn't say that anyways. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> They were that good, huh? <laughs> no, they were <laughs> you know, Yeah, you're so funny. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's and, and we're dealing with God who is a multidimensional person. And uh, one of the problems sometimes in, in theology is you, you camp on one attribute of God and ignore the rest of them. And, you know, the Apostles' Creed, you know, yeah, it talks about God as father. That's the first thing. Boy, you know, if we were writing this in a legal, God is the lawgiver of the universe. (laughs) It doesn't start that way. It doesn't start that way. It starts with God the father. Now, I know some people have had bad fathers or neglectful fathers or whatever. But picture, if you will, the ideal father. And he's, you know, the Almighty Father. Oh, now we've modified that. And not only is he Almighty, he's creator. And what did he create? Heaven and earth. And you contra- just that phrase, one of the things that I've been playing with is, uh, how would this be written? Well, I shouldn't say how would it be written. I s- Hold that up in contrast to the Greek and Roman gods or hold it up in contrast to the Hindu gods, or any other ism that you want to compare. Uh, You know, in a lot of religions, uh, you know, God is merely the great taskmaster. You know, in the Roman system, God is just somebody who's a little bit more powerful than humans and lives in a spiritual realm sometimes, but he's not even the ultimate because the titans were the parents of the gods who lived on Olympus. And this was written where there was a lot of people that still believed in the Greek and Roman gods. So how does this pull up short? Uh, The Roman guy that's living, you know, and he's going down to the temple of Zeus, you know, and the Christian comes in and says, I believe in God as father. And he's almighty. He is the ultimate. He's above the gods of Zeus. He's above Titan. And not only is he above, he didn't just appear as being an opposed creation. He is the one who created what we see. And all of a sudden, we get a different picture of who God is. You get a... a
0: I think that's where my first pastor spent a lot of time with me was that difference between mm. between the god of the bible and the god of my imaginings and mm. and I I think we spent a lot of time there sort of you know in college whether you like it or not you're going to get exposed to some philosophy you can't avoid it and mm-hmm he you know you talked about 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 the lord being uh, the principal personality in all of creation he's also the first cause of all things and 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 i can remember yeah. distinctly having that conversation a number of times with jerry and him driving at home that that no matter what it may look like with my eyes the first cause of all things is jesus that's the whole point of, yeah. of the beginning of the first chapter of colossians So these creeds capture that, and they distinguished the Christian God from all others in a way that really hasn't required editing in, I don't know, 50 generations. That's pretty remarkable. Almost 2,000 years, yeah. Yeah, seriously, think about that, how, how little editing, but this idea of creeds, this is foundational to all discipleship, and it's foundational to all uh, what would you call it? It, 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 that 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 movement out of the God of my imaginings, which was the world, to the God of the Bible. This is it. This is the thing that tells me this is the way, now walk in it. Sure. You, it no? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and there's a teaching tool, too, that I, I thought of. You know, the interesting experience with a new Christian would be to say, okay, uh, write out the first 10 verses of uh, the Apostles' Creed. Uh, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And write them out and, and put three columns underneath each word or a column under each word. And then go read John 1, 1 to 3. And every time you have a verse that refers to one of these attributes, jot it down with maybe a one-word summary. In the beginning was the Word, and was God. the Word. That's another okay. And what you can do is you can teach yourself theology as you read the Bible using this as the outline.
0: So, it was that its purpose, ultimately. No, was, but it was... can
1: be used that way. It could be. Uh, what do you think the the confession or the catechisms were? Hey, what is the chief end of man? Well, you know, and then there was a response, you know. Well, what does it mean to believe in God as father? There's a question and answer that can take place using the concepts of the creeds as your start point. And then looking at the scripture to find the, to find the definition of God as father. And we came across the parable of Jesus. There was a, a man that you know had a vineyard and so on. Well, what does that tell you about the father, the estate holder, and what he wants out of his estate? How he re- operates the universe.
0: Boy. So. So in this, then, the purpose in studying these creeds, the purpose in still knowing them, is that they're still relevant, as a as a minimum. Huh? No. And because they're they're still relevant, and because they're still relevant, and they were safe, they're still safe now. So if if you didn't have much else, you could go with this and at least be taught the basics.
1: And as you read the scriptures, you could flesh it out, bad word maybe, but you could fill out the nuances of that. Uh, The Apostle Paul, you know, uh, well, no.